This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. COVID-19 cases in the UK are rising, largely due to the Delta variant of the virus that is much more transmissible. Prime Minister Boris Johnson is aggressively pursuing a reopening of the nation, which many worry is contributing to the rise in cases. Also worryingly, a large portion of those who have been infected and hospitalized have received two doses of a COVID vaccine. Here in the United States, the New York Times reports that as of Sunday, the country was seeing 52,000 new cases daily on average, a 170% increase over the previous two weeks. Hospitalization and death rates are increasing too, although not as quickly. And a former CDC director told CNN that it's likely if our trajectory is similar to that in the United Kingdom, that we could see as many as 200,000 cases a day. He added, you will see a steady increase in deaths, and these are preventable deaths. My guest is Dr. Jamie Hartman-Boyce. She's a senior research fellow and departmental lecturer and director of the Evidence-Based Healthcare DFIL program at the Center for Evidence-Based Medicine at the University of Oxford. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much. You just wrote a piece in theconversation.com entitled The Reason Cases Are Rising Among the Double Vaccinated. It's not because vaccines aren't working. So first, let's talk about how many among the those who are being hospitalized, at least in the UK where you're based, are people who've had the two-dose regimen of either the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine. And if that is a large number, why is it large? So it's kind of a tricky question. So first of all, in terms of breaking it down in terms of the Pfizer or Moderna, just to say a lot of people in the UK have also had the AstraZeneca vaccine. And the data that came out last week showed that of people hospitalized with COVID in the UK at the moment, about 40% had been double vaccinated. Now, at first glance, that sounds like quite an alarming number and a lot of people are understandably very alarmed about it and that's one of the reasons I wrote this piece was because I think it's really important to understand that that doesn't mean the vaccines aren't working there are a lot of factors at play which are contributing to this and actually the vaccines are working very well it's also worth noting that since writing that article very recently um some data came out that suggested actually what we have that 40 percent number but we don't know if those people were necessarily hospitalized because of COVID or were admitted to hospital with something else, tested for COVID and found to have COVID in perhaps a less severe form. So that's another thing that is kind of muddying the waters when we're looking at that data. So the people, and you explained in your piece that the fact that we are seeing this large percentage um, you know, larger than we would like, perhaps, percentage of vaccinated people getting infections is, is partly because the people who are most vulnerable vulnerable to the virus were the ones that got vaccinated first. And so they've, they've had a larger percentage of, say, older people or people with health issues have gotten vaccinated. And of course, the vaccine isn't perfect. So the worse your immune system because of age or other issues the more likely you are to get what's been called a breakthrough infection. Is that accurate somewhat? That's right. And so first of all, just to say, even though we're saying that 40% is higher than we would like, actually, when we're talking about percentages, probably we'd like to be at a place where 100% of people in hospital have been double vaccinated because that would mean that 100% of our population had been double vaccinated. I see. Or close to. So what we really want to know is the absolute numbers, right? So if we get to a point 
where very few people are being admitted to hospital with COVID, but all of them have been double vaccinated because the whole country has been double vaccinated. That's actually a public health win, even though it doesn't sound like it intuitively. But in terms of why we are seeing a lot of people who are getting these breakthrough infections, there are a number of things at play. Of course, the vaccine isn't perfect. Uh, just like the flu vaccine, it's not perfect, but is doing a great job of doing what it's supposed to do, which is reducing hospitalizations and ultimately death. There's also in the UK, vaccine rollout has been very systematic. So the first people to be offered the vaccines were healthcare providers. But then after that, the way that the rollout has been is that the people most at risk of death from COVID were the people first to be vaccinated. And at the moment, about two thirds of the British adult population has had both doses of the vaccine. That's not randomly distributed. Those one third left who haven't had both doses are the people who were, for the most part, at the least risk from COVID in the first place. So we would also expect, if we expect more people to be hospitalized, to be people living with longer term conditions, to be people who are older, those are also the people who are more likely to be double vaccinated. That doesn't mean the vaccines aren't working. It just reflects the very systematic way in which vaccines have been delivered in this country. Now, here in the United States, it's been anything but systematic, although, of course, uh, there were age categories, age-based categories. Um, but by and large, you know, we were also suffering with a huge vaccine skepticism. Um, not enough Americans who are eligible for vaccination have been vaccinated. And we are seeing something close to 100% of those people dying from the virus here in the United States being unvaccinated and a very, very large percentage of those hospitalized being the unvaccinated. Uh, many have said that the this latest surge of the pandemic here in the U.S. is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And I, I know you don't write about that in your piece, but I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about the difference between the U.K. and the U.S. in how the pandemic is manifesting itself right now. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good question. I think the reality here in the UK is that a lot of people are vaccinated and still we're seeing our case numbers rising every day. But what we're not seeing is the same number of hospitalizations and deaths. So that that is really important. And I think that shows us that the vaccines are doing exactly what we want them. So, so just to stop you there for a minute. So does, does that that implies that the vaccine is a very good protector against debilitating COVID and death doesn't mean that it's necessarily stopping infections, which means the unvaccinated are extremely vulnerable, especially children, right? Exactly. So, I mean, the unvaccinated are absolutely extremely vulnerable. With children, I think what we see is that as a whole, they're much less likely to get seriously ill with COVID. So the In the first place, I'm right, that's about, true. Exactly. So the people I'm worried about the most are the people who are older, might have pre-existing health conditions that make them more vulnerable to COVID and haven't gotten vaccinated. And when we see rates rising in communities, as we've seen here in the UK, a lot of what we are seeing are relatively mild cases. Of course, there'll be serious cases, but here in the UK, we do a lot of testing as well. So we pick up a lot of asymptomatic cases as well. Um, and that includes colleagues of mine who, who have been double vaccinated, have tested positive for COVID because they're doing their testing to go into the workplace, but haven't gotten unwell. And that is a completely different experience, of course, than being seriously unwell with COVID. And if we just look at the numbers of people infected, we're not really understanding the full picture. So what we're seeing is the rate of hospitalizations and deaths increasing 
as rates of COVID increase, but they're increasing at a much shallower rate than they did before the vaccine. So obviously the vaccines aren't perfect. We want to be taking all of the protective and commonplace, common sense measures we can, but the vaccines are working. They're doing a really good job. They're saving thousands of lives here in the UK at the moment. And I think we really probably just need to work slightly better at communicating the science behind the vaccines and what these complicated pictures mean, for example, with what's happening in the UK at the moment, that that does not mean the vaccines are failing. It's just showing that cases are rising and that more and more of our population is vaccinated. I mean, here in the US, we aren't doing systematic testing like many countries are doing. I mean, some workplaces are doing, some industries might be doing it. Uh, When school is back in session, there may be school districts that um, are doing weekly testing. Uh, For example, here in Southern California, where I'm based at the Los Angeles Unified School District was testing weekly all of its staff and teachers um, for COVID, whether they were coming in or not. Uh, But by and large, that's an exception. And so we may be missing a lot of infections, symptomless infections among the un- among the vaccinated here than, than you are in the UK. Um, do you find that one of the uh, one of the claims made by vaccine skeptics is that if you're going to get infected, getting vaccinated, what's the point, especially given that the vaccine is so new? I would rather take my chances uh, with the virus because I'm, you know, I could get it anyway with the vaccine, then put into my body this thing that, in their opinion, just hasn't been tested enough or been around long enough. So I think that is a refrain that one hears. Um, I, I've had both doses. I would encourage everyone to have both doses. I think there are understandable concerns, right? There are levels of distrust that exist, and there are lots of reasons those exist. But what I would say is that actually these vaccines have been very carefully tested. They've gone through very rigorous processes. They've been used now, I mean, in two thirds of the British adult population. And what we are seeing very, very clearly in the numbers is that they are protecting people against death and they're protecting people against serious illness. And they're also probably protecting the people around them because even though you might get infected, the data we have so far suggests that you're less likely to transmit. So even if you yourself don't feel at particularly high risk of COVID, there's no way to know for sure that you're not. Uh, There's no way to know for sure that you're not going to pass it to someone else. And these vaccines have been very carefully tested. And now they've been rolled out across much of the world with very little evidence of harm, whereas we know the harm COVID can cause. So I think it's, it's this feeling that we naturally, I think, view possibly infection as natural and vaccines is somehow unnatural, but actually what they're doing is they're helping our body do the best thing it can, the most natural way it can without getting seriously ill and dying. And that's incredibly important. Finally, you work on evidence-based medicine at the University of Oxford, and you mentioned earlier that the you know public health officials need to do a better job of explaining the science. And, and really, I'm wondering if you think that is where the next big challenge lies and what your thoughts are on that, because it isn't 
a simple matter to explain things like herd immunity, to explain things like what it is that a vaccine actually protects from. It's not a cut and dry thing. Part of the problem is that we, at least here in the United States, have gotten so inculcated into this culture of seeing health as an individual matter between you and your doctor, between you and yourself. It's just about whether you yourself are taking care of yourself or not. Um, and so we have these responses. Well, why should you worry about whether I'm getting vaccinated? It's it's, it's a personal matter. Even the Biden administration has echoed this claim during its 4th of July um, public event where it wasn't requiring vaccinations. And when asked about that, one of the spokespeople for the administration said, well, vaccination is a personal matter, a personal individual decision. And it's not really, and it's not really because of the science of how vaccines and viruses work, right? Yeah, I think... I think it's a really, really hard one to answer, right? I could say, oh, we just need to do better at communicating about this. And I think that's a piece of the puzzle. I think there are many, many pieces of the puzzle though. And I think if I had a perfect solution for it, I would be shouting it from the <laughs> rooftops, but I don't. I think one of the real issues, which we see throughout public health, not just with vaccines, is the divisiveness of things like this. Science unfortunately exists in nuance. It exists in gray area nothing or very few things in the world are 100% safe. And so when we're talking about risk, I think we need slightly better language to talk about it and understand it. Um, and I think I live in a country with a national healthcare system. I love that national healthcare system. I work in public health, so of course I'm gonna say this. But to me, health is about the health of a community. It's about the health of people around you as well as you. And that's not just for kind of altruistic reasons, but actually, of course, because we all rely on each other. If your doctor who specializes in your surgery is ill with COVID, then you are going to suffer as a result of that. So we all are interconnected in terms of our health, in terms of the communities we live in. And I think vaccines are just one example of that. Well, uh, if only we lived in a, I lived in a country with a national health system and certainly I can recommend it. <laughs> certainly many of us living here in the US are, are envious of the NHS uh, in the UK and, and many folks are fighting for a Medicare for all system here in the United States. It's actually going to be one of the stories that we do cover on our program today. Uh, Dr. Jamie Hartman Boyce, thank you so much for joining us. We'll link to the article that you wrote in the conversation from our website. Thank you. My guest has been Dr. Jamie Hartman Boyce. She is a senior research fellow and departmental lecturer and director of the Evidence-Based Healthcare Default Program at the Center for Evidence-Based Medicine at the University of Oxford. We've been discussing how COVID vaccines are in fact working. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. We're online at risingupwithsonali.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and watch all of our video interviews, find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali. Ali.